0: Hello, STEM Nation, Jeff here and welcome to episode number 56 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the areas of science, technology, engineering and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest Bianca and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Bianca earned a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from the University of Kentucky and has held numerous positions at GE Aviation in Cincinnati, Ohio, and is currently a technical career development leader. Welcome to the show, Bianca. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life.
1: Uh, thanks, Jeff. I've been with GE for about 14 years, always working in the aviation business. And it's been wonderful to do a lot of different roles within GE, always in the engineering function, but looking at things from different directions. Um, you know, one thing that I think is interesting is when I was in high school as a junior, I had no idea about engineering as a career option. I didn't really even uh, hear about it until my senior year. And I really grew up expecting that I was going to go to work as a horse trainer or be an artist.
0: That's a far cry from engineering. How did that, how did that come about? How did that change?
1: So we actually had a speaker uh, in one of my calculus classes, who came from the University of Kentucky, and he was the Dean of Engineering to talk about what great careers were in engineering. And he did some hands-on activities. And they said, you know, if you're good at math, and you're good at solving problems, and you want to do things that are helping to uh, change the world, then consider engineering as a career. And I thought, you know, I think I could do that. And so that, that's where it started.
0: So, Bianca, how did you pick mechanical over, let's say, electrical or industrial or any of the other STEM fields? How did you pick mechanical?
1: Well, for me, I found that I'm a very visual person. I really like to be able to see what I'm uh, working on. And I think that comes from my background in art that very uh, spatially oriented. So I find that I, it makes more sense to me when I can see it and put it together in 3D, um, When you talk about electrical, I have a hard time making those connections in my mind, so it never occurred to me that I would spend my life working on electrical or chemical engineering, for instance.
0: Yeah, Bianca, you bring up a good point. When I was back looking at careers, and I picked electrical engineering and computer engineering, and I picked it because computers were first coming out back in the the early 80s. And it never really dawned on me that the mechanical is more of a, a maybe more visual and electrical. Absolutely. You really can't see it. You have to trust what's going on in that circuit. So uh, thanks for bringing that out. So Bianca, how have you used your mechanical engineering degree at GE Aviation, and what type of opportunities are you aware of like at GE Aviation for mechanical engineers?
1: I started on the Edison Engineering Development Program, which is a very common way for engineers to start at GE. It's a rotational program, and the Edison program is really focused on design of components or products. Uh, So I did a number of roles. I think I did four different roles that were related to the design of hardware for jet engines, gas turbine, uh, turbo machinery. And that's a a really technical type of function. Uh, There's a lot of other ways to use an engineering degree. And the way that GE runs the company, I think the majority of functions are actually filled by engineers because GE recognizes that they're really good problem solvers. They're really detail-oriented people. So we have engineers who are in sales and marketing. We have engineers who are in product support functions working directly with customers. We have a lot of engineers also in manufacturing and building the components or working on the processes to actually uh, form and create the components that go into the engine. And it, and it really spreads the gamut of all the different business operations.
0: Right, Bianca. I'm going to go back a little bit in time because I was looking in your LinkedIn profile, and you you were a turbine airfoils engineer. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of folks going into STEM careers, and, and especially in engineering, they're thinking, you know, I want to come out and I want to design stuff. Mm-hmm. And looking in your LinkedIn, it looks like that was a, a part of your career where you were actually doing detailed design. Could you dig into that a little bit and what a day might look like for that?
1: Sure. So I've done different design roles. The turbine airfoils role is definitely one of the most challenging um, because you're working in a space that is very hot and you're rotating at high speed. And because of that, you have a lot of um, constraints on what you're trying to do. It's a a safety challenge. It's also, you have challenges in efficiency and how you're using the resources within the engine. So, In turbine airfoils, because of that, there's a a lot of knowledge uh, that the company has acquired and they don't want to deviate too far from what they know and how they've been making things because it's a safety concern if you get outside of the the space where you are really confident in what you're doing. So in turbine airfoils, I was doing a lot of analysis, so mechanical and heat transfer analysis to take an existing design and say we want to adjust how we're operating this engine. So it might run at a different temperature or different pressures inside. And we make those adjustments and say, okay, what happens to the hardware? Uh, does it get does the stress in it increase? Uh, does it start to exceed the limits of the material and evaluate it for that? And that's a long process. Um, so a given day would be going into that code. And trying to tweak it to match what is happening in the engine, and then running it through the analysis codes, maybe ANSYS, and then taking those results and looking and saying, does that seem realistic? Because you learn over time that you can't just trust it just because it comes out of the machine or out of the computer um, and shows you some nice colors that that's necessarily right. You have to compare back to what we know and what we expect to see.
0: You were doing detailed design, and you could probably continue doing detailed design at GE Aviation, but there's other opportunities as well. And how has your career progressed from that point in time?
1: Well, you know, it, it's interesting. I did, from that role, I started to do a temporary role in a manufacturing shop where we were working on building a new machine to inspect those turbine airfoils, so have these specifications of what's required. And we wanted to automate how we do that inspection in order to meet those requirements. Um, After that, I did a systems role. So that's where we're looking more broadly at the engine as a whole. And I was focused on how do we integrate our design with our customers. So I was really into the CAD model area and putting all the pieces of the assembly together. There's a lot of work focused on how do we create models that we can use throughout the life cycle of our product so that we can start from that CAD design, do that analysis using that same model and manufacture it from the model that we made. After that, I actually did more of a, like a program management role. So really more focused at the high level around what is our strategy? How do we grow people going into the future to succeed in engineering careers? And then I went back into design uh, doing structures of a acoustic damper, which is basically like a muffler for an aircraft engine. Um, and that was a new experience for me because I really wasn't that familiar with acoustics. So I was able to sort of morph from a really technical role into a less technical, more management role, and then back into technical, which is it's nice to have that variety and that opportunity. And it shows different perspectives and different ways that you can learn throughout your career.
0: Yes, Tim Nation. So listen to what Bianca is saying. She's gone through, I I lost count, it was like probably four or five or six different mini careers with inside one company over the last approximately 14 years. So the beauty with these degrees is that if you don't like what you're doing, you can always pivot and find something different. And if you don't like what you're doing there or you get bored with it or you want to go try something new, you can always pivot again. And that's the beauty of these STEM careers. Bianca, what is one thing, we're going to change gears here a little bit, that really has you fired up about your field of mechanical engineering or aviation or engines?
1: Well, in aviation, there's a, a lot to be excited about. Uh, the The new technology that I find most interesting is the hybrid electric aircraft engines that we're working on developing now. Not only is GE working on it, but there are other companies uh, trying to develop their own hybrid electric systems. But these engines are targeted at being more efficient for regional transportation, replace some of that jet fuel with an electric source. And it's a new architecture, which really can may be a, a big disruption in our industry, but I think it's very exciting.
0: So, Bianca, with, with the, the merging of kind of electrical and mechanical, it sounds like you, you may want to have some diverse skills. So you don't want to be just a hardcore mechanical or a hardcore electrical. You may want to have some diversity. Take, if you're an electrical engineer, maybe take some mechanical courses. If you're mechanical, maybe take some electrical courses. Learn how to program. Um, what's your insights on that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's definitely worthwhile to learn a little bit about both sides, Um Programming skills are always going to be valuable now, and to understand the electrical side if you're mechanical, not necessarily to be an expert, to just have the the basic grasp of the concepts and what is important in that area and vice versa. The other thing that I would say is that you can gain some of that experience by working on like an extracurricular project, a, a team project, for example, when I was at UK, we worked on building a solar-powered car, and so as a mechanical engineer, I was working with electricals in order to integrate that solar-powered electrical system into the car, and it definitely helped me learn a lot more than just taking the class.
0: All right. Thanks for that, all that, Bianca, and we're now really going to switch gears, and we're going to go to an aha moment. Could you take us to a moment in time of an incredible aha moment where you took that aha moment and turned it into success?
1: So early on in my career at GE, um, I was fortunate in having a, uh, I was invited to be a mentee of one of our chief engineers, and he just felt like, I guess he saw something that uh, he felt like he could connect to, and and we would meet and talk about plans for my career. And at the, I was invited actually by a second consulting engineer or higher level engineer to be his mentor as well. And I learned that by talking to the two of them, I would actually get different advice. And that showed me that there was really no one right answer, one direct path. Most people will tell you to do something similar to what they've chosen to do because that's their experience and it worked for them, but it may not be exactly right for you. So I recommend having multiple mentors in in your career, possibly at the same time, go and ask the same questions to different people so that you can get different answers and find that middle piece that works for you. I think that that's really been beneficial throughout my career.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that, Bianca, because, you know, the the advice that somebody's going to give you is all going to be pre-biased based upon that person's previous experiences. So it's good to go take the advice, analyze and go, hmm, that's interesting let me go ask that same question to somebody else and see what their answer is. And now you can take the, the advice from multiple people, merge it together, and create your own idea of what you should go off and do.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And, and speaking of advice, you know, heading off to college, and for me, college was a little challenging. It was tough. And for a lot of people, it is. So what advice would you give somebody heading off to college to help them be successful?
1: So I would say first of all, remember that you're there to learn and try to learn something new every day. Every person that you meet, there's something you can learn from them whether or not they're a teacher. The other thing that I would say is it's important to realize that as you're going through your required courses and your curriculum, those requirements are there not just for you to be checking off boxes. If you have, um, for example, say a history requirement or a phys ed requirement, first think about why that might be required. It's not there just to create some obstacle to you getting to your degree it's really they're trying to to teach you something so think about how you can make the most of that opportunity so if you're not a runner and you have a phys ed requirement maybe take a scuba course and see another perspective or if you're have a history requirement look at what what you could learn that would be the most interesting to you and most relevant Don't just take the easy thing in order to check off a box.
0: Oh, that's great advice, Bianca. And now looking for a little bit more advice, as you head off into your career, you know, it's different from high school. You got to transition into college and that's a different environment. And then once you graduate and you go off and you start your career, what are some attributes or skills you think are necessary to be successful in the real world?
1: Definitely curiosity, being willing to ask the question and not worried about how you are perceived for asking that question, being very persistent, I think that that's really important for anybody who's pursuing engineering because it's not easy and being open to feedback, being willing to try and fail things and letting go of that sense that you have to be perfect or do everything perfectly because we're all human and nobody expects that and get a lot more accomplished when you just try to get it to the point of being good
0: all right thanks for that Bianca and we're going to take a quick pause and thank our sponsor audible who's offering a free audiobook you can head over to stemonfirebook.com that's stemonfirebook.com to get a free audiobook of your choosing if you decide to cancel within 30 days there's no cost and you get to keep the audiobook and it is lightning round time Bianca are you ready sure what's the best piece of advice you've ever received
1: I would say don't uh, get too attached to your plans. It's important to make a plan, but be aware that things are going to change and you're going to have to adjust your plan accordingly.
0: And what's a personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: I learned this trick a while back that helped me with my listening skills. If you stop and listen uh, to the person that you're is speaking to you to try and hear what is the last letter of the last word that they say, and then start your sentence with that letter. Uh, it can help you focus on what they're actually saying and not try and get ahead of how they're, um, what they're saying in order to get your thought out. And I learned that as an improv game, and it's really, really helpful um, in, in making you into a better listener.
0: Awesome. And what's your favorite internet resource or phone app, and why?
1: Um, you know, I've really fallen in love with Quora because there are answers to everything, even questions that you didn't know you had. And you can learn so much just by browsing on there. It's
0: wonderful. And what is one book you'd recommend? And if you want to give us two, that would be fine.
1: Something I read recently that I think is really timely is uh, The Broken Ladder, uh, How Inequality Affects the Way We Think, Live, and Die by Keith Payne. It just helped me understand the mechanisms of our economic system and, and what it is that causes a lot of the systemic problems that we have. And then another book that I really love is Wild Ones, which has a really long subtitle, but it's by John Allen, And it's about um, a sometime dismay, dismaying, weirdly reassuring story about people looking at animals in America. It's super interesting.
0: And Bianca, as we wrap up here, could you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation? And then we will say goodbye.
1: The more you learn in life, the more you will recognize that things are very complicated, um, even if they look simple on the surface, and there's nuance to almost every problem and discussion. So don't get too locked into your position. Be open to learning more about it and recognizing that things are maybe not as straightforward as they might seem.
0: Bianca, thanks for all that insight and advice. And with that, we will say goodbye.
1: Great. Thanks so much.
0: You're welcome, Bianca. I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Bianca. Head over to stemonfire.com. Subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And please share it with a friend. Tune in next week where we talk with Peter, who is the author of the book Faster Than Normal. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.